We are in October, the month of mission. It is a month where here at San Ans we want to renew our sense of mission. And as a church, the church exists to evangelize. That's the DNA of the church. And that's why during this preaching series, we are meditating of different aspects of this call. And the goal of this entire month is what Paul said to Timothy, to stir into flame the gift of God that we have received. We want during this month to raise our spiritual temperature so as to be men and women of light and fire. If we recall during the first Sunday, Father Joseph presented Paul's conversion and he invited to invoke the Holy Spirit that has power to transform us. Last Sunday, we spoke about the importance of fortitude, of not giving up our mission at the first setback. And this week's theme is the explicit witnessing of Christ. In today's second reading, Paul says to Timothy, proclaim the word, be persistent, where it is convenient or inconvenient. And the context is amazing. Paul is in jail. He knows that his, second, his death sentence is, is nearby. Scholars believe that he was 60 years old when he wrote to Timothy. That means that he, for 30 years, he had been following Christ. 30 years of friendship with Christ. 30 years of observing human nature. 30 years of seeing so many lives change. 30 years of comparing the Greek philosophy and the fruits of Christ in the hearts of many. And that's why, as a testament, he looks to Timothy, his beloved disciple, and says, proclaim the word. Be persistent with season and out of season. And we must admit that there's a challenge because although the word of God is crystal clear that we are meant to witness our faith, we need to admit that in the Catholic Church, generally speaking, we are reluctant to give a verbal expression of our faith. Some studies suggest that less than 4% of Catholics in the US on a weekly basis give testimony of their faith. And I've been reflecting, why is it that although we know that salvation is in Christ, why is it that sometimes we do not speak up? And we'd like to suggest at least two reasons that we may meditate today. Firstly, because we live in a pluralistic society that insists on this motto, live and let live. It seems socially ungracious and even theologically unacceptable to talk about religion. It seems unpolite. Sometimes it seems rude. This has led to a great Italian thinker, Vittorio Messori, to describe as a sort of mutism that we experience in our church. And I quote, he says, 
Today, precisely, we may note on the part of many Christians, and especially many Catholics, a kind of mutism, a kind of reticence of reproclaiming the faith and its reasons. So many of us seem to want to be mere like others, devoting themselves indeed to others, but only as human, extremely human social workers, devoid of any wish to say that it's Christ who inspires them and that it's he who gives a significance to their actions. To put it simple, in today's plural society, for example, to do social justice is popular, but to speak up of our faith is unpopular. And that's why I think that Vittorio Messori is, is right. We are tempted in this age of mutism. And Saint Catherine of Siena, she once said, what kills the world, what kills the world are not words, but silence. What kills the world, she said, is the silence of men and women who know Christ and do not speak up. That is what is killing today's world, the silence of those who have encountered the risen Christ and we are not speaking up. And that's why Paul says to Timothy, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus who will judge the living and the dead. Proclaim the word. He's saying, Timothy, I know that you are aware of uh, and you need some sort of approval, but don't live for others' approval. Live for God's approval. Paul is saying to Timothy, let me give you an advice that will set you free of so much pressure because you will never be able to satisfy everyone. And it's true that you need some sort of approval. Paul is saying to Timothy, but raise the bar, look for God's approval. Don't be concerned of criticism and of the verdict of the world. I remember a few years ago, I, I was edified by what happened in, when the Congress was about to vote a law regarding abortion. And on the pro-life sector, there were a lot of people. There were some priests celebrating the mass facing the Congress. There were hundreds of people praying the rosary. There were people like just worshiping the Lord. And suddenly, a man stood up. He got the microphone that was connected to a massive sound system that was facing the Congress. So he was sure that pretty much the congressman would listen to what he was about to say. And I remember his words. He said, dear congressman, today the whole country is looking at you. There are thousands of cameras. All the TV stations are broadcasting. And they are expecting that you approve the abortion rights. But please don't forget, he said, heaven is watching you. Decide in light of heaven. I was impressed. He reminded me that it's true, that heaven is watching the sons of God, the daughters of God, when you are about to witness to your faith. We are never alone. Heaven, the multitude of angels, is watching us. That's why 
John Henry Newman used to say something that can help us to grow in boldness is keep in mind that we are object of Jesus' side. Jesus is observing us, not as a policeman, but someone that is there trying to give us courage, give us, giving us fortitude. In those moments where we seem to be a minority, we should just be able to see the invisible world that is around us and speak up. The second reason why we sometimes do not explicit witness Christ to others, it's an attitude that in the Catholic Church was generated by a misquote of a tribute to St. Francis. And probably you've heard this, always preach the gospel and if necessary, use words. I'm sorry to disappoint you, but St. Francis never said this. Never. All his biographers insist that he never said this. On the contrary, he was one of the most anointed preachers in the history of the church. It is said of him, he filled all the earth with Christ's gospel so that often in one day he would make the circuit of four or five villages or even towns preaching to everyone the gospel of the kingdom of God and edifying his hearers not less by his example than by his words. He had made a tongue of his whole body. So instead of finding in St. Francis the inspirations to use words, far too many want to find a reason not to speak directly about Jesus. The if necessary emphasis provides an excuse to avoid this urgent task. And Paul says, on the contrary, faith comes through hearing. And how we will know the word of God if nobody speaks to us? The proclamation of the gospel is irreplaceable in today's world. Allow me to suggest even more. It is the most transformative act of love we can do for anybody to lead him to Christ. It is the one single act that has eternal consequences. Every other act of love has just temporal consequences. But you lead someone to Christ, and that has an eternal consequence. Early on this year, a college student told me, Father, I have come to this conviction that if I'm with someone, and at one point or the other, I do not explicitly tell them about Jesus, I am betraying them, because I am not giving them the best that has happened in my life. How would I not speak to them about my savior, my friend, the one who gave his life for me? How could I be silenced? The best that I have is Jesus Christ. So how to be a witness during this week? And thanks be to God, Paul is very clear with Timothy. Number one, he says, proclaim the word whenever it is convenient, he says. And I invite you during this week to tell the Lord, Lord, I'm available. You have green light with me. Use me during this week. And you will see openings 
during this week. To proclaim the word can be oral or also written. Maybe, maybe you can send a podcast. Maybe you can share a YouTube video with someone that is a seeker. Maybe you can share uh, a good homily that you heard, a good website. Maybe it would be good to get ready for a two-minute elevator speech, because the Lord will give you chances during this week to share what he has been doing in your life. And secondly, Paul says, proclaim the word even if it seems inconvenient. Good players in sport, we know this, they generate openings. Now the Soccer World Cup is coming, and the best players are, are those who generate openings. And allow me to finish sharing an example that it may look extreme, extreme but can give us hope. A couple of years ago, we were coming back with some missionaries after sharing the word at a slam, and we were in this public bus, imagine like the Greyhound line, and, and we felt that we were, we were going to be there like for 40 minutes, and the Lord wanted to use us. So I suggested, guys, whoever wants to stand up and give his testimony, go for it. Imagine that the first time that you stand up in a public bus, you are like shaking, like, because you see people that they plug in their earbuds and people that open up their newspaper like this, so not to see you. People that they think that they are, they tend to pretend they are asleep and they look to the window. When you stand up, you see everything there. But it hasn't been, not even one single time that after sharing our faith, someone comes and says, thank you for that. It's true, I need to go back to Jesus. Well, that day from, there were three of us, and two stood up and gave testimony, and there was one that he was there like doubting, and he, at the end, he did not give his testimony there. We arrived to our missionary house, and I remember he told me, you know, uh, I wish I, I, I could have stand up. But I told him, you know, the Lord is generous. He's a lot of second chances. He will give you a chance. One week later, he was coming back home, and he arrived to the square, right, that is a couple of miles from our house. And so he was walking to the bus stop, and he was thinking, okay, Lord, this is it. When I get to that bus, I will stand up, and I will give my testimony. When he got to that bus, and he saw who were there. There were like 50 men that they were going to work because next to our house there's like an industrial park. So probably he was not expecting that crowd and, and I'm sure that he said, Jesus, I don't think this is the moment. And, <laughs> but the Lord told him, yes, this is the moment. You need to stand up and give your testimony. And so he imagined probably he was sweating and struggling with that, but he stood up and he gave his testimony. He told them that Jesus was alive, that, he, that there was a time of grace, that the love of God was being poured out upon the sons of God. And he just said that probably the Lord was calling those who were there to come closer to him. He came back home and he shared with us, we were so happy. Five years later, 
I was preaching a retreat to 50 leaders from one of our programs of new evangelization. And we were talking about apostolic seal. That means that this virtue is picking up. And although I hadn't prepared it, I remembered this scene of the bus. And I told them exactly what I have just shared with you, that um, uh, one of our guys had stood up in the midst of this bus full of men and had shared his testimony. And I was telling them the importance of sometimes be bold. Suddenly, a man raises his hand. I was thinking, what is going on with this man? And he says, can I give my testimony? Yes, speak up. And he says, Father, I was in that bus five years ago. And I'm here because that day, I was surprised that somebody stood up and gave his testimony. I remember I called my wife. I told him, you won't believe me what happened. A Catholic missionary, he stood up and gave his testimony. And that day, I was sure that I needed to come back to my faith. I got confirmed. I got married. And now I want to serve Christ. So a preaching that looked inconvenient provoke a life-changing decision. So let us ask in this mass to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Let us do a bold prayer in this mass to exchange our human respects for a supernatural love. And allow me to suggest what would be if the Lord allows us to arrive to heaven and one day we are there seeing the glory of God and suddenly we see our loved ones coming, our classmates coming, co-workers coming, strangers coming, saying, you know why I'm here. It's because of you. I'm sure that that day that you gave testimony was not easy for you. But I am eternally grateful.